everyone, Kitty here. Before we dive into the podcast, I wanted to give you a couple of reminders. The first is that we touch on a lot of sensitive subjects that could be possible emotional and trauma triggers for people. If there are any topics that you're sensitive to, we recommend that before you watch any of the movies or listen to our podcasts, you check the website doesthedogdie.com. Also, this podcast is not kid-friendly and not safe for work. Please listen responsibly. Finally, this podcast contains spoilers. If you're like me and don't like spoilers, please watch the movie before listening. Thank you, and happy haunting. This is Hounds of Horror with Max. What is a non-fatal murder? <laughs> Victor. No, you're no, stupid. Doesn't matter how close you live to your house. But anyway. <laughs> and Kitty. A That's lot. a lot of words for I'm trying something instead of porn. <laughs> I'm Victor. I'm Jalapeno Max. Mm. Oh, you're spicy tonight? Or you have to... Yeah. Well, <laughs> both. As it turns out. Uh, Always both. <laughs> I'm Kitty. And this is Hounds of Horror, our weekly podcast where we talk about horror movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You can reach out to us. Um... At Hounds of Horror Pod at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we got any business to take care of? Or? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, so this week we talked about Vig's pick, Hush, um, since we were on a Mike Flanagan kick. For a little bit there. Hold on. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> and Hush was, I believe, a 2016 movie, if I remember correctly. Uh, yes, it is 2016. March 12th, 2016. Um, and it was directed by Mike Flanagan. It was a Blumhouse production. Written by Mike Flanagan. Mm-hmm. Produced mm-hmm. by Mike Flanagan and Kate Siegel. Siegel. Um, and starring two of their... Oh, well, I'll let you get into that, Max. Well, there's only five actors to this movie. Yeah, which is crazy. Uh, so Kate cat? Siegel. What? Does that include the cat? No. Okay, that is the cutest fucking cat. No, she isn't. I want to know what kind she is because I need one. Mm-mm. It has, like, cheek poofs of fur. Like, it has, like, weird tufts on its cheeks, and it's so fucking cute. You know what's an ugly cat? Siamese cats. Oh, I love Siamese cats. Who the hell buys Siamese? They don't have any hair. No, you're you're thinking of hairless cats. Um, Siamese cats are the ones with black heads, black paws, black tips of their tail, and the rest of them is like a taupe color. And they have blue eyes. You're thinking of, I think, a sphinx is what they call the... (sighs) I don't think the sphinx wants to be associated with hairless cats. Um, but I love hairless cats. And I love one desperately, but they're very expensive for no good reason. Why do you want one? They're ugly as hell. 
I love things that don't have things that they should have. Or like have fucking hair? Have. Yeah. Like, Sookie has an extra toe on her feet, and it's my favorite. I never noticed that about her, but now I'll never touch her again. Dogs that are, like, missing a leg? Ugh, the best. That's different. That's different. I just, <laughs> like, I love weird animals. Just... I certainly don't mind a dog that's missing a leg, but a dog that has five legs, forget it. <laughs> what if it had six, like slip near? Like a setup? Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any problem with people missing stuff. It's when people have an extra something that really bothers me. Mm. <laughs> I hate to say that, but like I've shaken hands with somebody who was missing fingers and I was totally fine with it. Like, I don't care. Um, and then I was in an elevator once and somebody reached ahead of me to press a floor button and they had like an extra thumb <laughs> and I, I, I couldn't deal with it. I, I like, pushed my way to the back of the elevator and like cried. <laughs> so cats that have extra digits on their paws are called polydactyls. Uh, that's what I said. And I wonder if humans that have an extra digit are also considered polydactyl. I don't know. I don't think I'd mind it if somebody had six fingers, like the Nephilim or whatever. Like just a regular six-fingered hand. But like the guy's thumb was like sticking out of his regular thumb. And like I I couldn't do it. (laughs) Interesting. See, I just imagined that he just like had an extra finger. See, that wouldn't have bothered me. If he just had, like, an extra joint with an extra thumb, like, I don't know, that wouldn't bother me. But it was sticking out of the side of his regular thumb. Huh. And I was like, dude, why that? What? Fucking haven't you done something about that? Like, <laughs> like it's a boil. Elective <laughs> surgery and it costs a lot of fucking money. Yeah, that's well, true. That would be considered, like, plastic surgery. I'm just saying, if I grow an extra eye... Somewhere I'm cutting the fucking thing out. So even if it's in the middle of your forehead, like you're some sort of like spiritual deity, like that's considered a whole thing. Well, I would at least wear an eye patch on it, like <laughs> holy thing. It's considered a whole thing. <laughs> Not yeah, no. Also, I, see, whenever sure... people say holy, I think I personally only think of the Christian faith. I don't really like use that in terms of like. Mm. Other things? Probably I don't know. because when someone says someone's being holier than thou, 99% of the time they're talking about a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really, like, attribute holy as being a thing, too. Like, that's like their flex. Like, they're holy or whatever. So is my cheese. Yeah. Their flex? Yeah. Like, I don't know what that is. It's their big brag. Like... Like, oh, I believe in Jesus, so I'm holy. It's one of those new age terms. It means like flexing your muscles, but metaphorically. Yeah. Uh, My expensive car. They, I, I, I am not a Catholic, but the only person on earth that I believe would be holy would be the Pope. <laughs> um, there was a TikTok the other day that I, <laughs> I sent to Vic. And it's this girl, and she gets in her car, and she, like, the caption says, I got into my car, and there was a naked man in my truck. <laughs> She's like, his fingers are, like, sticking out around, like, the um, center console thing in her car, and she's like, what the 
fuck are you doing back there? And he, she was like, are you naked? How did you get in here? And he's like, I'm the son of the Pope. The son of the Pope. <laughs> she, she just, she's like, nope, and gets out of her car. And the yeah, he's cruising for some lead. <laughs> Well, I like the Pope, even though I'm not Catholic. And I don't agree with a lot of Catholicism uh, dogma. But, yeah, he is... Him, maybe the Queen of England. Like, I would kneel to them, you know, maybe kiss a ring or something. But I'm looking at... They would make some kind of a crazy power couple. (laughs) I know that's probably not okay with, you know, religions are weird about marriage. Well, I don't think... I, no, I don't think so. I th- I don't think priests are allowed to marry, but if you stop being a priest, then you can get married. What if you stop being a priest, get married, and then decide you want to take a priesthood again? Gift of- uh, I, I don't think you can. <laughs> I'm looking up pictures of Sphinx cats, though, and they are ugly as sin. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. There's an episode of Friends where Rachel gets one. She spends, like, $5,000 on it, and it's, like, the meanest fucking thing. And she, like, is trying desperately to get rid of it, and the woman who sold it to her won't take it back. I'm going to Just... go ahead and get rid of this tangent and pull us back around to the movie that we're talking about, <laughs> which is... <laughs> okay, who besides Kate Siegel was in this movie? Um, yeah, we had Kate Siegel, who was in every Mike Flanagan thing. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, we had... Uh, in the Before I Wake movie, though. Or Doctor Sleep. Uh, no. Which is fine. Uh, we had John Gallagher Jr. as man. <laughs> oh, my no. That's That's it. That's all he's credited as, so... Uh, he was in, let's see. Him to not introduce himself, just putting that out there. Well, it's not like it would fucking matter. John Gallagher. I feel like I would want to know the name of the person that was going to kill me. If you can read lips, can you read names? <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Like, what if his name was Jeremiah Schnitzelheimer? Like, would she be able to read that I, from his lips? I don't think so. That's a fair point, actually. (laughs) Names are probably... If you've never seen someone... If you've never associated the lit movement of Schnitzelheimer to that name, then probably not. But you might be able to pull out the the syntax of, like, Schnitzel, maybe? If you've heard it before? Um, I don't know. I mean, first name is fine for me. Like, I mean, you're gonna kill me. We can be on a first name basis. I would lie about it anyway. If I was the killer, I'd be like, my name's John... Smith. <laughs> well, I mean, he showed her his face. Let's okay. Okay, so she would have to type what his face looked like. I just real quick want to reference one of my favorite episodes of Family Guy. Uh, go ahead, Peter. They're like, and what's your name, sir? And he's trying to oh. fake name. It's like, my name is. And he's looking in the room and sees a P on a plate. And he's like P. And then someone's crying. He's like, tear. And up. He's like, all right, Mr. Peter Griffin. And he's like, (laughs) Okay, Mr. Peterson Griffin. Uh, Yeah. Family Guy used to be great. That's not so much now. Occasionally they have a good episode. But anyway, uh, John Gallagher Jr. was in Peppermint. Which also looked like a horror movie. 
It's not. It's basically like a female lead version of uh, Death Wish. Hmm. But it's really terrible. Like, <laughs> like, I watched it. Not good quality or not good story? Uh, uh, there was nothing wrong with the quality, I guess. But, I mean, the writing was just awful. Like, her family gets killed by gangsters because he didn't get involved in ripping off gangsters. That's why they were shot to death. Um, and her daughter was eating peppermint ice cream when she was killed. That's why the movie's called Peppermint. Um, All right. So, um, who else was in it? Uh, well, hang on now. Uh, John Gallagher Jr. was also in Jonah Hex and 10 Cloverfield. Uh, the, 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 that's about all I recognize, really. Okay. Um, we also have Samantha Sloyan. Also a Flanagan favorite. Yes, uh, Hush, Midnight Mass, uh, The Haunting of Hill House. She was also in Grey's Anatomy, which I watched, like, ten episodes of because it absolutely fucking sucks. You watched because it sucks, or you only watched ten episodes because it sucked? Because I only watched ten episodes because it fucking sucks. Like, every dramatic thing that can happen in life happens to the people in Grey's Anatomy, and I'm like, fuck you. Nobody has lived through all those things. Nobody. Mm. Um, <clears throat> Did a spinoff show of that called Private Practice, and I watched all of that um, while I was dealing with having a newborn last summer and it was seems like poor logic <laughs> ridiculous well i wanted to i bet it was that i didn't really care about if that makes sense oh that that does yes um it did have what's that actor's name from um madam secretary plays her husband what's that actor's name oh um ted danson no that's um... not ted danson <laughs> 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 That's going to be my answer for everything now. Ted Danson. Like, oh, wait, who was president back during the revolution? Uh, Ted Danson. Ted <laughs> Danson. Um, <laughs> um, who was in that movie with Nick Cage? Ted Danson. Tim Daly. It is Tim Daly. <laughs> wait, did you say John Daly? Tim Daly. Fucking Oh. Um, John Daly is a tiny little man. No. Uh, Tim Daly, who was in Wings, and um, he was also... Uh, he also plays Tia Leone's husband in Madam Secretary. Mm. Um, but he was in private practice. And um, he gets a girl pregnant. Spoiler alert for private practice if nobody's seen it. but I'm never going to watch it. Some psycho <laughs> comes to her house and cuts her baby out of her. Like... <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Which, okay, that does happen. One time on Craigslist that happened. Uh, several times it has happened. It's actually kind of scary the number of times women have been cut open for their babies. Um, but other ridiculous things happened to her, and then um, her the guy who got her pregnant dies, and like it's this whole thing really unceremoniously. Like I think he was done with the show and was like, "Please write me out of it," and they were like, "All right." Yeah, like they Car just crash or something. Didn't even like he wasn't even in the episode that he died in. Yeah, he couldn't be bothered, like, they're ringing his hotel room, he's like, no, I just, I'm gonna stay here. <laughs> Alright, anyway. I think it's because he took the role on uh, Madam Secretary. 
I'm not. Are we still talking about Michael Truco? Is that who we're on now? Oh, we hadn't even started talking. Okay, didn't even get to him. All right, so whoever the hell you were talking about, um, whatever. But next we have yeah Ted Danson. Uh, we have Michael Truco as uh, John. He was also in Midnight Mass. Uh, he was in The Bye Bye Man. Yes, he was. Which was not a terrible movie, I admit. Um, I straight up did not know that that was Michael Truco. That's what the sound is. I straight up didn't know. I thought that it was... Um, in what? The Bye Bye Man or Midnight Mass? In Midnight Mass. He's got that mustache. He has the mustache. Straight up did not recognize him. Plus, normally his hair's like spiky. Is that a musical? What what, what would that be named? The Midnight Mass Mustache. Um, The Triple M. (laughs) Band? Is that a a musical? What are we we thinking? I like the... (sighs) Boy, I don't know. I I think you need to cut out the. I think the is like ruining it. Just Midnight midnight Mass Mustache. Midnight Mass Mustache. Mustache. Um, yeah, straight up didn't know it was him because he's in all the things. Straight up didn't know who that was in Midnight Mass. Yeah. But have you guys finished that yet? No. Nope. No. Oh my god! All right. It's, so it's my fault. I hate finishing. Oh fuck you! I I cried at the end of that show. You need Not to finish ready. it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You get your shit together. I don't know. But <clears throat> listen, I like the last person on this cast list is Emma Graves. <laughs> Graves, and she was in a movie called Snitch with what looks to be um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson on the cover. I'm not sure. That's right. Yeah. In the Hell of Dixie, Escapee, Cage No More, Pitch Perfect. Believe it or not, uh, the video call. Yes. Right. Yes. Max. Yeah, she was her sister. I love how every movie The Rock is in, they have to come up with ridiculous explanations for why he is The Rock. Like, oh, uh, ex-linebacker. Uh, ex- <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Yep>. Ex-Special <laughs> Forces amazing awesome guy who's turned marine biologist. I know. And, like, Hulu has this thing going on right now. Do you remember that shitty movie I told you about? I can't remember the name. But it was, like, a family stuck in their bathroom, like, after their house has been, like, taken to a different place. Remember that? And, like, the father was, like, chewing on isopropyl alcohol swabs. Oh, yeah. Because he's an alcoholic, and he went blind because of that, which doesn't happen. Yeah, but... I remember you this. We had a conversation. <laughs> um, like, they have a cookie cutter theme now for horror movies that Hulu is producing. And they are all like that. (laughs) (laughs) I've watched three of them now. And it's like the dad's like a board. Well, a a confirmed alcoholic. The mother is overbearing and just wants a perfect family. You have a little shit stained son who wears glasses and a daughter who is like the primary actor in the movie. (laughs) Like this, and like they get isolated somehow, some way, <laughs> and like it, 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 like they just keep churning them out. Like they have their own production company, and I forget what the name is. Some of them aren't too bad, but some of them are like just this whole thing with that exact scenario. And it's like, why, why, why just keep making multiple movies of all the same type? I don't get it. I mean, honestly, it's because it's what people like they like a formula like 
I guess. Criminal Minds went for 15 seasons, and every episode is exactly the same. I have never watched a single episode of that show the whole way through, and I'm pretty sure I've seen every episode the whole way through, because you've watched it so many times, and I've caught so many bits and pieces of it, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I've seen every episode. <laughs> and the, the times, the only times that it's different, it's like, what if the unsub's a woman? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, that makes it different. <laughs> I love that show. I seriously, like, I'm on, like, my fourth rewatch of it in the last. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, really. Can confirm. <laughs> He's so sick of it. Oh, I so know when I started it. binging it, though? While I was crafting for a wedding. <laughs> crafting. I wish that that would have influenced it somehow. <laughs> like, on the inside of every centerpiece, you had, like, I'm watching it. <laughs> Just put that... Oh, no, that guy's from Law & Order. Never mind. <laughs> no, um, Christopher... Uh, yeah. He shows up... And I, I've been watching a lot of heist movies now, too. And, like, he shows up in every single one of them. So does Bruce Willis and then, like, the bad guy in each one, too. I don't remember. Christopher name, Maloney but. is, like, he like just perpetual mob boss, even though <laughs> he... Well, he's been an FBI agent in each one. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. One time across from uh, Dave Batista, which was fun, because, like, you know, they tried to stuff Dave Batista into, like, an FBI, you know, windbreaker and stuff. And he's, like, I'm amazed it didn't rip right off of his shoulders. But anyway. Anyway. <laughs> he did play kind of a mob boss in True Blood. Mm, I'm not watching it. Vampire mob boss, which is fucking hate vampires. Fucking love vampires. Um, fucking hate vampires. So <laughs> I'm gonna put a stake through this team, except Midnight Mass. I mean, that was fine, but <laughs> spoiler alert: Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, although she is writing Midnight Mass in this movie, which is pretty fun. Indeed. Um, is that what she was writing? Yeah, she oh. was writing a sequel to it. She had already written Midnight Mass, and that was what. Um, Sarah brought over to her house. So let's jump into it. So, okay. Well, now that you guys did all the... No! God. Okay. Hurry up. So how does the movie start? <laughs> You're not going to... Starts out with... <laughs> okay. So it starts off with um, our leading lady, Maddie, um, in the kitchen cooking. And they do, like, there's this whole show of, like, all the sounds that her food is making as she's cooking it. Um, and then in order to demonstrate that she is deaf, it fades to silent. <laughs> yes. She keeps taste testing her food and, like, making a face, like, what the fuck did I do wrong? Like. <laughs> I don't understand why she put the, the lamb chops back in the oven they were cooked to begin with i don't know yeah <laughs> i don't know um but she's having yeah. a text conversation with sarah next door and um sarah asks if she's okay for her to come by and she says just cooking and she's like oh what are you cooking and then she doesn't answer her she's like what are you making just a mess right now uh, <laughs> um, and so she shows up and Sarah is like borderline obsessed with Maddie it seems 
That's what it uh, felt like to me. Kind of, <laughs> sort of rides that line a little bit, but I think she's just like really in awe of her and impressed by her, maybe. But it does come across a little bit. Clingy isn't the right word. It's kind of offensive, but it's the closest thing I can think of. It was like fangirly, yeah. which because like um, we find out through their um, back and forth. Yes. Way. Wait, no, that's not how you say that. Repartoire. I'm not French. Repartee. Um, through their their di- is it still dialogue if it's not spoken? I don't know how that works. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, but through their dialogue, you discover that um, Maddie is a writer, and they start having conversations. And then we get some exposition from Sarah that she lost her hearing that Maddie lost her hearing when she was thirteen. Which was unnecessary because we get to see the cover of the book later, which tells us all about that anyway. Yeah. So. Um. I mean, it's fine. It's character building. It's fine. It's fine. Character explaining. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, why do you always pick right when we record for you to have these moments? Any other time throughout the day, it's fine. But you always wait until now. He sleeps constantly. <sighs> and then, yeah, I know. Like... <laughs> What's he doing now? Being cute. He's just playing with one of his toys. <laughs> Acting like a puppy, mm-hmm. and it's adorable. Um, oh, he's being cute. <laughs> uh, but the book that Sarah was reading for her was Midnight Mass. was the first installation in that series. Uh, so. She asks her what, what she thought of it, and she tells her it was really good, and she tries to use... She's using sign language, but she's also speaking as well, which works in this scene. A lot of times when I see it in, in movies and shows and stuff, when someone is using... Calcifer. Calcifer, can you go lay down, buddy? Just for a little bit. When somebody's using sign language and they're also speaking what they're saying, it seems weird. But in this this situation, in this context, it makes sense because she's also trying to make sure that what she's signing is what she's saying. So she's doing them both because Maddie can read her lips. So it kind of makes sense. Because she and her boyfriend are taking classes to learn ASL Mm -hmm. in order to be able to communicate with Maddie better. Um, But yeah, she says about how she loved the characters and just about Riley. And um, I do not remember, there's a very small part of this movie, but I did not have any recollection that the book that she was writing in this movie was. But she, during that conversation, they also do a small bit of exposition um, because Sarah starts, like, asking questions, like, that you would ask a writer, like, oh, the ending's so good. Like, how do you come up with, like, endings and twists like that? And, um... What a twist. (laughs) And uh, Maddie's like, oh, like, I see them all play out in my head like a movie. And then I pick, like, kind of pick one. And then she's like, well, what are the voices, like, what do their voices sound like in your head? Like, when you lost your hearing when you were 13, so do they sound like children? And she's like, no, I hear my mom's voice in my head. So, does anyone else think that line is weird? Does anyone else, does their inner voice sound like a voice? Or is it just a conceptual thought that instantly enters your brain? Because you are thinking, do you actually have an inner voice? There are some people that do. I don't. I wish I did, and I wish I could program it to sound like Patrick Stewart. God, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, unfortunately, my inner voice sounds like me. So, <laughs> do you actually like? Do you hear like an inner inner voice, like a dialogue? I mean, like when I'm extra crazy, yeah. <laughs> Mine is just it's just conceptual thought. Like it just I talk to myself out loud a lot, so my inner voice is my outer voice, which is my voice because I'm talking. But like. There's no, I don't have like an inner, it's not like me inside my head, it's just thoughts. Yeah, no, mine comes to me in flashes too, which is really inconvenient because I also have that thing where I don't see pictures in my head. Mm. Like, it, if I close my eyes, it's just black. Like, there's there's nothing there. Ew. Um, so, Gross. like, my thoughts come to me in, like, almost feelings if that makes sense i don't know if it makes sense i mean it's better than them coming to you as kazoos <laughs> or ted danson <laughs> ted danson seems like a really nice guy i am um, not sure anyway mm-hmm. so some exposition some light chatting about stiff her coming over to her house uh, maddie coming over to Sarah and Sarah's, Tom's house. Sarah and Tom's house to hang out. John's house. Sarah and Jock's house to hang out. And um, she says, no, I've got a lot of work to do. Which, if her book is currently on the shelf, I mean, I guess she just wants to, like, strike while the iron is hot. But she's just coming off of a book release. Maybe she could take a, you know, just a little bit of a break. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe she got a contract for so many additional in such amount of time after... Her first one. Maybe. Which is possible. Um, but then she goes and she's like, I need a break. And then her, like her sister calls, or she, she tries to call her ex-boyfriend, Craig. 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 Um. No, he calls her, doesn't he? He texted her at one point. He texted her first. This is I'm thinking about you or I thought about you yesterday or today or something. And then she tries to call him twice. And hangs up both times, and then he calls her and she freaks out. But that's before anything happens. Down. Why yeah. is anybody calling anybody in a relationship with her? Get. Go lay down. Well, Go he was down. FaceTiming, trying to FaceTime with her. So uh, that. Okay. Um, and, but then <laughs> her sister calls and she answers, and her sister, like, well, no. This is after. This is after. So she goes back into the kitchen to clean up after she avoids calling Craig. Yes. Um, and she's throwing away all of the... Um, the meal that she was making for yeah, herself. that failed miserably. Um, and while she's throwing things away, all of a sudden Sarah comes running up to her sliding glass door and starts pounding on it. Saying, please see me. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. She doesn't see her, so her friend dies. So here's the thing. There's a couple of small issues I have with this movie, and that was one of the first ones. Is that <laughs> I'm not an expert small on issues. losing any of your major senses. I'm not. I have an overactive sense of hearing, which has caused me a lot of problems throughout my life. But I will say 100%, if you were deaf, you would be more aware of your surroundings. Your other senses would, you would have to spend some time developing those, or it wouldn't even be spending time. It would just be you living in that 
in that situation, day in and day out, you would learn to rely on the senses more. And I will say that the subtle differences in shadow, in light, even vibrations in like just the air itself, you would be able to start picking up on. So I have a hard time believing that someone pounding that hard on the glass, yelling, running up to the door like that, I have a hard time believing that she would have missed all of that, even though, like, especially considering she walks back and forth a couple of times and like she's 90 degrees to either side of, of Maddie as she's cleaning her dishes but doesn't see her somehow. Well, and not only that, but they made the whole ordeal earlier whenever the smoke alarm goes off in the house and like it, it's really, really bright flashing light and it also is very, very, very loud. And um, Sarah's like, man, that was some kind of fire alarm you have and she was like it has to be loud so i can feel the vibrations whenever and like if she can feel the vibrations of a noise surely she can feel the vibration of somebody pounding on her door so i mean i get it you know this needs to happen for the movie to happen but i was bothered by the fact that like you know her friends being murdered six feet from her and she doesn't see her because she doesn't turn to face her directly. Yeah. Like peripheral vision is pretty, I don't know. Well, also like just me as a hearing person who is extraordinarily anxious into horror and true crime, like I'm constantly on alert of things that are in my surroundings. <laughs> like it well, makes me, it all. just, well, I just have anxiety and well, don't blame so, horror movies for that. Like, even if I walk past <laughs> like, you know, the doorway in the living room and the lamp is like out of place a little bit. Like I jump sometimes because I think that there's another person in the house or something. So like, <laughs> Hi, I have mental health issues. Um, and so... <laughs> so, yeah, I that was a, a problem I had with that scene was just, I feel like she should have reasonably have noticed. But she doesn't, so unfortunately her poor friend dies. Well, and, and she could have noticed then, and the movie could have continued as planned, basically. Kind of, it just would have lost, like, it ramps up really fast and then it's one of the only movies that I'm okay with them ramping up and then going right back down again because it ramps up to holy shit there's a murder there's a murderer outside and she's going to get killed but then it ramps back down to this cat and mouse thing yeah because the rest of the movie has to happen so if they would have had her notice him then and there it wouldn't have had that chance to ramp back down again yeah that's true so they kind of needed that plus it gave them a chance to make him even creepier and kind of flex his he was stabbing her well he so he shoots her in the back with an arrow from a crossbow yeah and then comes up to her and turns her around and starts stabbing her in the stomach in the most sexual manner that i've ever seen a stabbing happen in a movie (laughs) i thought that too um when i saw it yes well and i mean that's accurate well uh in like criminal profiling, they consider stabbing to be a, the blade to be a substitute for a penis. It's a so, act. Yes. So. Hmm. Um. Usually, usually because the 
person committing the stabbing is impotent, but usually. We are not professionals. Just want to take that moment, take this moment to say that. We are not professionals. Also, you can reach us at houndsporrorpod at gmail.com. If you're an <laughs> FBI profiler oh and you want to come on the show and tell me how wrong I am, please do. Please profile us. That would be amazing. No, don't. Uh, no, no. Nope. Don't. Nope. <laughs> it's like that scene from Sin City whenever, um, oh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, Mickey Rourke's character. Fuck. Uh, um, it doesn't matter. Marv. That's the one, Marv. This is that like one of her shrink friends tried to like uh, tried to diagnose him once, but she got too scared and had to stop. <laughs> kind of. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he murders her friend. <laughs> he murders poor Sarah. Um, and it's pretty graphic and pretty brutal. And then he drags her away. And as he's doing that, he realizes that Maddie can't hear him. And that's when this kind of like weird, small scale, small scale obsession starts. And like, then he realizes that he can like play with her. Cause I guess he's never really come across someone who is like deaf before and he could like mess with them. So he taps the glass a couple of times and realizes that like confirms that she can't hear him. And then he starts to mess with her and she's like meandering <laughs> around. And that's when she gets the call yes. from from her sister. Go ahead, Max. You were going to say something. Oh, at what point does he steal her phone? Um, okay, so she's on the phone with her sister, or she's on the computer with her sister. She's on the laptop with her sister. FaceTiming, and they're signing back and forth, and she has the volume on everything even though she's deaf, which I find really stupid in my opinion, because like, for me personally, I only ever put my ringer on if I'm expecting a phone call and I need to make sure that I get it. Um, I silence it all the time otherwise, because like, if I'm, you know, somewhere like a movie theater or something where like my phone could possibly go off and disturb other people or whatever, like I silence it. So I feel like if I were deaf, I would, my phone would just constantly be on silent. Like... I don't know. But also, why does she have the volume up on her laptop? I don't know. But also, maybe she just doesn't realize it and doesn't notice it or care because she can't hear it. Yeah, that's true. So, <clears throat> I just... so to go back to my original question, uh, what point does he steal okay. her phone? So they're having a conversation and Fucking hell. Max is like, oh, this is what happens whenever we watch the movie the night before because I remember all the details the next day. Um, <laughs> Fuck, watch it two weeks ago. God damn. <laughs> so Max is like, phone involved in Oh my God, <laughs> I think somebody's moving back there. And then she's like, oh, it's probably just the stupid cat. And then she is like, okay, well, I gotta go and hangs up and then goes out back out to the kitchen for some reason. Yeah, she said that she says the little bitch escaped or the bitch escaped. Oh, she um, needed to go find her. So she starts shaking the food bowl, which... Oh, I learned a bitch sign language yeah. in this movie. It's just you put your hand like straight up mm-hmm. like a slice of bread or any other thing that's like straight up like a book or a DVD case or keep, keep um, going, keep going. computer screen or uh, oh, keep, well, newer, more newer computer screens. But yeah, yeah. Stack of printer paper. Yeah. Well, um, you, curtains. You make the uh, ASL sign for the letter <laughs> B, which is what she was doing. Uh, <laughs> 
and then tap it on your chin. Um, <laughs> or a painting or... or <laughs> Picture frame. Uh, stop signs. Siding on my walls. Um, I'm literally going to get up and walk away. Okay. A t-shirt um, that's hanging up. So she starts looking for the cat. And it's while she's looking for the cat, he sneaks in and steals her phone from the coffee table. Because she had flipped it, like, screen side down onto the coffee table because Craig kept trying to call her and she didn't want to answer his call. Yes. Um, I just want to point out real quick, I appreciated the touch that she had the app on her phone that causes the uh, flash to go off when it's ringing. Um, Because that is something that a lot of hearing impaired people have. Um, Because a lot of times it's the only way that they'll know that their phone is ringing from across the room. Um, It made it comical to me because it's like, it kept ringing while it was face side up and it was his picture. So like, she could know that it was him. But then if she flipped it upside down, she was still getting a visual cue that somebody was calling her. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just before they get off their FaceTime message, he's in the room watching her. Yeah. Like, he's standing behind her. Um, and right when she starts the call, he kind of moves out of frame a little bit. But, yeah, he's he's there listening to the entire conversation. And he was there for a little bit before or after that call. And he's watching her write. Yeah. Um. And then she goes after she can't find the cat. She goes back and sits on the the chair or the couch or whatever. And she starts writing again. And she's like, you suck at this. Writing is terrible. La da 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 da. You might as well give up. Money now, please. And then in the (laughs) upper right hand corner, (laughs) there's a notification that there's a photo sent to her from Maddie's phone. Which doesn't, that doesn't work that way. On Max it does. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you don't on, talk about me like that on on Apple products. It does, oh. um, just because like you are generally logged into the same Apple account through your phone and your computer. Well, I'm glad you corrected me. Otherwise, I might have looked stupid at the Apple crowd. Android is better, and they don't get they don't give you another, another chance. You don't get two chances for no. the Apple crowd. Once you make yourself look like a fool, you're done. Yep. You're out. As an aside, I was trying to figure out, is it my turn to pick tonight? Yes. I, I was trying to look through my list here, and for some reason, Super Shark came up on my list. <laughs> I don't know what that movie is. Is it a super-powered <laughs> shark or a really large shark? I don't know. But it's like coming out of the sand, and there's like tanks like <laughs> shooting at it. and like The sand. You had me at the sand. We're we're not doing that. It's the live action version of the Netflix cartoon Shark Dog. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Any hooch. Um, so he, the man, sends her a picture. The man, and he's been wearing a mask up until this point, just a very plain mask, like one that you would buy at a craft store to paint, and then like hang up or wear or whatever. Um, and <laughs> so she's, he sends her a bunch of pictures of her walking around inside of her house and then her sitting on the couch where she's sitting yeah, but... right then and there. Jesus Christ, what did you eat? And then he gets a picture of someone watching him and then that person gets a picture of someone watching them. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and she's like, huh, that's weird. I don't remember taking a picture of myself from seven feet away. (laughs) (laughs) And then she goes out and she sees him and then they start their little game where he's 
trying to get into the different parts of her house and she's getting there just before him and locking the doors and windows and shit. It's very screamy. It's all part it of is, his, yes. um, it's all part of, except in that movie, the killer didn't give a shit. He just launched himself through the window. <laughs> if that was my phone that I was getting pictures from, I don't know how he knew where to send those pictures either. I guess maybe just posted on her Facebook or whatever. I, th- I think but. sent to her own number to her her um apple account oh see that's why you don't buy apple products because then serial killers can do that but um <laughs> yeah i'd be like damn my ass looks good like that it's not a bad picture you know saving <laughs> yeah <laughs> enlarge and enhance even though that's not a real thing <laughs> just gonna zoom in on their sunglasses here and uh um so she gets all three entryways locked. So all doors are locked. That is a small house to have that many doors. I'm just going to say it. Eh. <laughs> I guess. Um, so it's at that point that she... Like, it. I feel like it's a while. It's a while after she realizes what's happening that she tries to dial 911 or call 911 on her FaceTime phone thing. I don't know exactly what she was using. Um, some pretend Facebook app thing. And it just so happens that he is going to... Ask book. Yes. He is going to uh, knock out the power at that exact minute. And it's all perfectly timed. Um, and she tries to get onto like her neighbor's Wi-Fi, but she doesn't know the password. And then um, he's like, oh, fuck, there might be another Wi-Fi. Okay, you could not see their house from her house there's no, no fucking way no fucking way unless that was like a hot spot on sarah's phone like that's literally the only way a blood spot uh-huh i mean it's it's possible that you can see the network from that far but having any connection is very very unlikely but like again that was something like why did they need to do that just to have another level of like helplessness because like i guess didn't really I don't know. I, I felt like it didn't really add much to the movie. It was just kind of an unnecessary, like, oh, there's another one. Oh, she doesn't know the password? Oh, okay. Mm. Um, yeah, so she runs into the kitchen and gets a knife and a hammer out from underneath the sink. Knocking out some two things. One of them is bug spray. Like wasp Like raid spray. or something. Oh, it's like Hornet spray with 100% Yellow Jacket spray. And then the other one, I don't remember what it was. It was like bleach or something. Oh, yeah. Something like that. But she knocks them out in her process and gets a hammer. Which, I mean, I guess not a bad call, hammer. Sure. I think a knife's probably a better call. but Hammer has a little bit more reach on it. Like, you don't have to be... I would prefer a hammer. Yeah. Quite in as close proximity. The benefit of the hammer is that there's much less... There's a much smaller chance of you hurting yourself with it. That's true. Running around with a knife is a pretty high chance you're going to hurt yourself. Especially if you've got adrenaline going and you're, like, in shock. So, uh, I don't blame her decision to have a hammer. Um, I think having both hands full of weapons might not have been the best choice. But, I mean... Because she... Oh, before that was when she... Like, she went to her purse... And she wrote, found a thing of lipstick and went and wrote on the wall or on the, on the wall, on the window. Um, won't tell, didn't see face. And then like shines the, the flashlight on it and he comes over and takes his 
mask off. Yeah, I guess that's what prompts her to want to fight back or defend herself at all, I guess. Because she then realizes that like he's going to kill her. Because yeah. then he says that he's going to kill her. Yeah. So that's what makes her realize he's going to kill her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, I, again, I will say that 100% I would believe that shock would have led to that. But him giving her commands and her following them, like he was like, you can read my lips, right? And like, right? Not if you can read my lips. And then she nods and like he's, and then at the end he's like, I'm going to kill you, like, but I'm not going to kill you until you beg me for it. Like once you, once you give up and you beg me for it, then I'll kill you. Do you understand? Like, I kind of wanted her to like flip him off or something. Like, cause. Well, she, she did. She was like, fuck you. Wasn't she? No, she just shakes her head. He's like, not if you can understand me. And she she's like head. shaking and crying. And then he leaves. And that's when she like grabs the knife and the hammer. Also, he was like, he's like, you can read my lips. All right. And like, didn't move his mouth at all. Like, was doing some sort of ventriloquist shit and i was like dude like like he was just like being really lazy and not really doing his list at all like <laughs> like that mouth breathing teenager that we all knew i yeah and i feel I, like the kid that liked helga from hey arnold yeah yep i really feel like if i were for some reason, a serial killer, and I was trying to get my point across through a window, I would overemphasize my lip movements. Like, I don't know. Like, really make sure that she could read my lips. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm going to kill you. And, like, make a hand movement that's, like, the slice across the neck. <laughs> oh, wait, I thought that's one of the sign language things I did learn. What What was that? Oh, you like you put your hand like straight out and then like under like a stabbing motion. That's like killing. No, that's like one of the first ones I learned. <laughs> <laughs> All right, these are the ones I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you first start taking a foreign language in high school, and the first thing that you learn is all of the swear words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, you know how to say bitch, kill, jalapeno. <laughs> <laughs> By the by, Helga and Olga from Hey Arnold. Those are two German words for angel. That's it. That's what their names oh. were. That's nice. Helga and Olga. Yep. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, she then after she retrieves the the knife and the hammer, runs into a bedroom and puts the dresser in front of the door, mm-hmm. and then makes. All the movement in the world closing the curtains instead of just ducking down to the ground and crying across. Again, I'm willing to believe a lot of this could have been from shock. Like, you're not thinking right. No, I I mean, I guess that's fair. But, I don't know. Um, But she's hiding in between two windows. And all of a sudden, he starts tapping on the window. And again, I would have just let him fucking tap. Like, let him tap until he gets bored. Like, eventually his arm's gonna get tired, but Wait, no. she fucking noticed that, but didn't notice her friend pounding on the door. Well, she saw the shadow, because there was, like... I don't know if it was, like, a driveway light or what Something. it was, but there was some sort of backlight shining in. And so she saw the shadow of him tapping on the window. And, like... I would have ignored the fuck out of that. Wouldn't have wouldn't have engaged. Mm. But she does because the movie has to go on. 
And well, she peers around from a place of relative safety and sees that the hand tapping on the glass is not wearing the same clothes that he was. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> I was giving you the chance to like reveal, but he she looks around because she's like peering around the side to see what he's doing because she can't help herself and she realizes that it's her friend tapping on the window. It's not him. But her friend is dead. Yes. And he was just ramping up the psychological torture a little bit more by pulling her friend's corpse out of wherever he had her hidden. And then... I think on top of the air conditioner. And to be fair, her friend is a average-sized woman, I guess. She's kind of petite. Uh, I was thinking more... I don't know. When I think of petite, I think of smaller than average. And, like, she looked pretty average to me. Like, probably somewhere around 130 pounds. 130 pounds of, excuse the expression, dead weight, is really fucking hard to move. And he looked like an average or maybe even a bit below average guy that wasn't in great shape. Like, I mean, okay, he was in good shape and he was, like, very fit, but he didn't look like he was strong enough to be able to lift her and move her that easily. So for him for him to pick her up, move her around the house like that, and then hold her in place and tap on the window, like, I don't know how much I buy that. Because, like, I don't know if you've ever tried to move somebody if they were playing dead, but it's fucking hard. Okay, so the internet doesn't have her height. Mm. Um, but he is five foot nine. So he's a little above average. Cause five, and... No, 5'8 is average, so he's one inch above average. Um, what's the guy's name... From uh, Midnight Mass. Hamish Linklater. Hamish? Hamish Linklater. Okay. Did somebody name their kid then? Um, so he is six foot four. So he's a pretty tall dude. Um, and I was just wondering how tall he was because Samantha Sloyan standing next to him in Midnight Mass looks like a child. Like... Mm-hmm. The main priest? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he is really tall. Um, and his voice, my God. But he wasn't in this movie. No, no. But I was just trying to see if I could gauge how tall she was. I would I would venture to guess that she's probably about five foot four. Which is about average. Five, six is average for women. Okay. So he's a little above average. He's a little below average. My point is that he's moving <laughs> like 110 <laughs> to 130 pounds of completely dead weight. It's really fucking hard to do. Like completely dead weight. 100% fatally murdered weight. Yes. Go ask <laughs> anyone that you know who's a hunter and ask them how often they drag deer out by hand from the woods and how far they'll get. It... Well, she lost a lot of blood, so <laughs> maybe she's not as heavy then. That was my other thing too. The amount that he stabbed her, she would have been disemboweled. Like I thought that too. Like there would have like her insides would have been coming out. He like, nearly like would have severed her in half with the amount of times that he stabbed her in essentially the same spot. Yeah. Like yep. <laughs> So that's pretty fucked up. And she remembers at a certain point. I think just after this, because she obviously backs away from this horrific scene. Drops the hammer on the floor. It's terrifying. She then moves the dresser out of the way and goes back to the living room and sobs for a bit like any of us would. Um, And then she has this flash of recognition or this flash of memory. But the problem is that 
she flashes to an earlier scene that we saw as the viewers, and she flashes back to it from our perspective as the viewers of Sarah's ass as she's walking up to the house, putting her phone in her jeans. <laughs> so, like, I don't follow that so much, because, like, they could have had any other scene of her, like, just one other shot of her looking at Sarah as she put her phone in her pocket. But, no, they had to show her the scene of, that we saw earlier from our perspective. It just didn't... It didn't I don't, the butt shot. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate that. She's got a very nice butt. But... <laughs> but, but. But, but. Yeah, so she's like, her phone. At least they didn't, like, have an internal monologue, like, from Brightburn. Like, the ship, it cut him. It's the only thing that got hurt him. Like, fuck you, movie. I'm not that fucking stupid. <laughs> um, so, she... <laughs> Devises a plan that she's going to set off her car alarm, which he already sliced the tires of her car at this point in, in, during his like moments of torturing her. Um, and uh, so she goes over and she try like she has the fob to her keys. And during this movie, like we're probably going to leave it out a lot, but there's a lot of instances where she's like, watching him walk around the exterior of her house. And I just have to say that, like, several times I thought about how lucky she is that she has windows on literally every side of her house because we have an entire side of our house that does not have a window on it. (laughs) And so... If your house had no windows and only one door, then there's only one way for him to get in. Yes. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that she's lucky so much as she's got to watch him wherever he goes because he could literally break in from almost anywhere in the house. That's true. I just would, I mean, I would want to be able to see out that side of the house, but... Um, Why? To watch him breaking into the window that you're looking out of? Just so that I knew where he was. The, the thing that would drive me nuts and that did drive me insane throughout <laughs> a good chunk of this movie is not knowing where the threat is at all times. Like... Mm-hmm. I am the type of person that I would need to know. Like, I would need to know where they were. Um, You've never been Even at the cost before. of your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be, like, you know, a, a first floor window. It could be a top floor window, but... Um, Standing out in your widow's walk with your glass of wine. Yes. Mm, yes, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice night for a murder, eh? So, she goes and sets <laughs> off her car alarm, and then he's like... <gasps> a car alarm. She must be taking the car that I slashed the tires of. And (coughs) then she, well, I don't think that he's concerned about that so much as he's concerned about the neighbors potentially hearing a car alarm and calling the police. That's fair. But that's also 100% fair. To be fair. Oh, I was waiting for it, but all right. Um, A car with flat tires will still go. It's just going to be harder to drive. So, I mean, you can run a car on the rims. It just ruins the rims. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're ever in a dire situation and your car has a flat tire and you need to go and it's life or death, fucking go. Your car will go. It's just going to fuck it up. It might not go as far. I mean, you lose some control and, like, it doesn't handle as well. But, I mean, yeah, you can fucking drive it on a rim. So, like... Or four rims. (laughs) She might have been able to, like, get pretty far. Um, But, yeah, so just that was one little thing I wanted to add. And I get, like, you know... A lot of people don't know that cars can still function when their tires are flat. It's just not, not ideal. Um, if you're ever in an, a situation where you need to do that and it doesn't work, you can't sue us. Don't take our advice. We're not. We're not. <laughs> I'm not saying it'll save your life. What I'm stating, simply and 
plainly is that a car will still go with flat tires. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll so... We'll our legal team later to make sure. Yeah. Our legal team is me, but I put on a top hat. <laughs> so, she sprints back to the other side of the house to get her friend's phone out of her back pocket. Because she assumes that it's still in the same place hours after she saw her. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you guys know the blonde girl from Stranger Things is Ethan Hawke's daughter? The blonde girl from Stranger Things. The, the older one that's going around with the pretty boy the in the fourth season. Um, no, 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 no. Um, the fourth season? The fourth season? Or whatever the latest season was. The third? I think the third. I don't know. But, like, pretty boy with the big hair. Like, he's going around with that girl from the mall. Oh, does, is she... Spoiler alert for Stranger Things. Is she one of the ones that gets brainwashed? Um, well, him and her both get drugged by the Russians. Like, with a true serum. Fuck, I don't remember any of this. Oh, my God. Well, anyway, that girl's Ethan Hawke's daughter, so... Wait, wait, wait. Which pretty boy are you talking about? There's two pretty boys in that season... No, there is not. Billy. Billy is the prettiest of them all. The, like the shithead older brother of the redhead girl? Yeah, he's Billy. He is not pretty. Are you fucking serious? He's yeah, he's like beautiful. fucking white, white fucking trash, like mullet, like fucking... Well, clearly we have different tastes in men, and that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> no, the other guy. Like, the, okay. the guy that... Steve Harrington, yes. Yeah, Steve Harrington. No, I did not God. know God! I did not know that she, he's Steve the babysitter. Come on, um, but no, I did not know that it was even Hawk's daughter. That's that's that girl really that cool. he's running around with in the latest season is Ethan Hawk's daughter. I like their their scenes together. God, no, Billy, fucking, are you fucking kidding me? No, personality counts. <laughs> it does count. You're right. He's a piece of shit. I mean, he's still beautiful. Fuck the fuck he is. <laughs> Like, he would have murdered his little sister. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, he absolutely would have. But for some reason, I am attracted to that type of person in movies, and I don't know what that says about me. Not good things. I liked Rose the Hat. <laughs> yep, you liked her, too. Why don't you go suck on her tit while I don't? Um, um, also, he's not even as attractive whenever he doesn't have the Stranger Things hair. And eyeliner. <laughs> Billy? Yeah. Now I gotta look. This kind of normal. I mean, I don't mean to say that he's not still human or anything, or that actors should really be put on a pedestal. No, that little fucking pencil fucking mustache, (laughs) his fucking stupid, like, 80s ass hair. I love his 80s hair, but, like, normal him is, like... (laughs) Ew, he's like a... He He, looks like a cigarette butt. He looks like a frat bro when he doesn't have the, the 80s hair, and it's kind of disappointing. Ew, he's, like, completely gross. Ew, there's ew. Yeah, he looks like it looks like either he is an ashtray or <laughs> Okay. <clears throat> How do you so, pronounce his name? Dacray? Dacray? Oh. Dacre? I think it's Dacre. Dacre Montgomery. Yep. It's Australian. Uh, I know that because when you find like a pearl or something, like that's nacre. That is nacre inside of a shell. Oh, and that's okay. so the same word, except with a D. 
Yeah. Okay. Not to be confused with Icker. No. And Acre is also spelled A-C-R-E. So, like acres of land. Anyway. Um, Yeah. Um, I think (laughs) Acre is any dark indeterminate substance that comes out of a creature. Yes. Um, Or like a pipe? No, that's Donald. Okay. So. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um... fuck are we even talking about so she's trying to get the phone how did we end up here how did we end up oh yeah she's like searching her dead friend's body for her phone desperately trying to find her phone she's only got two back pockets so i don't really know what she's what else she's looking through she's trying to feel her ass it's not she has because i'm pretty sure that wasn't a dummy so cargo pants like she's just like the same pocket three times but she doesn't hear that he's broken the window of her window window of her car. Did you say window? Her window, Gwendolyn <laughs> Christie. Window. Of her, like I don't know how much Volkswagen paid to have their car so prominently displayed in this. Oh my god! Oh it's no! Not... They're breaking the window on my 2019 Volkswagen Jetta. It is not nearly as bad as the product placement in Jurassic World. Oh no! I mean that movie's brought to you by Mercedes. Mercedes well, Benz. Book of Eli was very um, Oakley heavy, <laughs> and I own both of those products now. So <sighs> it works. So he doesn't. It's a really good fucking backpack. <laughs> it is actually. I like it a lot. Um, <laughs> so she doesn't hear the fact that he's got an alarm disabled. He's coming back around, and she sees it, but not in time to get herself back in the window. And apparently, she's overextended herself, so she can't get back quickly. And he goes running up, and she. Closes <laughs> the window oh, and yeah. catches it, but he, cr- he crunches his fingers a little bit. You hear him like grunt as it cr- catches his fingers. And she's like putting all of her weight on the window, trying to keep it shut. Yeah, and, like... and he's <laughs> unfortunately, when you get to a certain point, pulling down on something like that is pretty hard, and yeah. he's pulling up from a place of pretty decent strength. So... Well, when you're pulling down like that, the maximum force you can apply is however much you weigh. Yeah, yeah. it's your body weight, uh, and. Somebody pushing up like that, it really is a lot more power. Yeah, um, so anatomically. She's... Even so, have you tried to open a fucking window on an old house like that? <laughs> well, I don't... The house didn't look that old, so it might not have... It may have... Like, the sash is probably, like, a 300-pound weight. I'm just... I don't know. It's been painted shut. <laughs> um, but that's the other thing, too. She might have felt that there was, it was, like, rubbing, but she wouldn't have heard the window going... <laughs> she was pulling it open. Um, so she, she falls back. His hammer. Yeah, she falls back and grabs the hammer. Ladies and gentlemen, I have never had but, the claw of a hammer shoved into the meaty bits of my arm, but I can tell you, or any other part of you, <laughs> that's true. But I can tell you for sure that that would be a near debilitating injury. That would hurt so incredibly bad, and it would yeah. probably sever some tendons. Maybe would have nicked an artery, would have probably chipped a couple of bones. That would have been an extremely painful injury that would have taken that arm out of commission. So that's one thing I can't stand about this movie is like, even when he gets hurt, like he's screaming and stuff, but like he gets claw hammered, he gets shot with a crossbow bolt, like, and he just kind of shrugs it off. Yeah. Like, Maybe he's one of those people, well, no, because he screams in pain. I was going to say, maybe he's one of those people whose pain receptors don't work. That would I mean, suck. It doesn't matter if you can't feel the pain. If the tendons in your arm are fucked up, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's if you true. break your chipped bone. But, like, yeah, he just... I, the amount He of... ties it off with a piece of 
Sarah's yeah. shirt. Ew. Dude, boil it first. Come on. But yeah, that 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 is probably one of the moments in this movie that bothered me the most because that is a seriously a debil- debilitating injury that would have been so incredibly painful. And even if it wasn't that painful, it would have just been difficult to use and work around. And then he goes the rest of the movie and everything's fine. Like he's perfectly okay. Yes. <laughs> and like it, it bothered me a lot. Like it would have been bleeding profusely and hurt so bad. Um, especially and he like, fell off the roof. Yeah. And what else? Go watch uh, 27 hours. and She slammed like doors and windows on his wrists multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She also, and like I kept thinking about it and like I kept going back and forth between it. Like me personally, if I'm trying to sneak... I'm not making any sort of noise, like, you know, shutting doors normally or anything like that. But she just goes around, like, slamming shit. And I'm just like, bro, get it together (laughs) and be quiet. But then, like, the other part of my brain is, like, she's been deaf for most of her life at this point. She probably doesn't remember that things make noise. Like, like, ordinary everyday things. Or how much noise she's making, yeah. or how far it travels, or any of that. But again, she's also in a I, and the proof of that is when she tries to sneak out onto the roof, and it's a it's a tin. Oh my god! Roof. Yeah, it's just, like I don't <laughs> care how gently you step, that whole roof is like with every step. Like, and she's wearing fucking Vans, which would have squeaked. <laughs> I'm gonna be squeak, real. Squeak! 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 That would be so quiet. <laughs> so she goes outside. And yeah, I don't remember. She waits for him to go around. She's watching him and thinks she's got enough lead time to get outside. She's underneath of, and she's she goes underneath of the the house so that she can watch where he's at. And he's like meandering about the house, like he had started walking around, looking in the different windows to try and figure out where she was at. And so she's like watching his legs from across the the way he like walks up onto the deck above her at one point. She like puts her hand up on the deck to feel where he's walking at because she can feel vibrations again, even though she couldn't whenever Sarah was pounding on the door. And he has just as bad peripheral vision as she does because he walks right by her and she's not hiding at all. She's wearing she's, like she's, a light blue sweater. She's just crouching a little bit like at the very edge of the deck and he just walks by. <laughs> like Loomis is going to be like, have you seen Jason? I mean, <laughs> Michael? He could be anywhere. <laughs> she's like, no, I mean. Oh my God. Um, and the entire time she had her hand up against like, this is not the first time I've seen this movie. Mm. Um, you thought she, he was going to stab it? I thought that he was going to stab her through the hand because she had her hand, like, up over a crack in the deck. Yeah. Like, instead of, you know, putting it parallel and and not having her hand just hanging out right below the surface of the deck. Um, anyway. I appreciated, I mean, uh, the hand placement was whatever, but I did appreciate that touch, like her actually holding, like getting physical contact with the the deck to be able to feel the vibrations. Yeah. Um, I don't know what good that would do for her, because he's still in a place where he can run down the, like, run down the stairs of the deck, get to her, and murder her, whether she's feeling it or not. So, yeah. I just... 
Then she tries to go out and... She tries to run for it, basically. Does she? Yeah. And he shoots at her and it goes over her head and hits a tree. Because he's got terrible aim now. And, (laughs) um... She's like, well, fuck, and she turns around and starts running back to the house. To be fair, she never saw the crossbow. Yeah. I don't understand how she saw the arrow to be 100%. What'd you say, Victor? She didn't, she hadn't seen the crossbow yet. Had she? Oh, uh, I don't think so. She didn't know he had ranged capability. <clears throat> like when you're fighting a boss, and they change their stance, and then you're like, what the fuck? And then she misses, and you're like, oh my god. So she runs away from him. She gets back in the house. Goes over her head, and then she goes to run inside. Just just barely gets the door closed before the arrow hits the very narrow strip of wood in between the two giant glass doors. Yeah. And not either one of the giant panes of glass. Because that's what I was thinking. Like, depending on what that glass is made of, the arrow might have gone straight through it and killed her. Um, Directed by Mike Flanagan. At this point, she goes up into the loft, and she's watching him walk around. It's called a mullion, by the way. What is? A mullion. The sliver of wood between the two doors? Yep. And what he shot at it was called a bolt. Yes. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) (laughs) So she She goes up into the loft, and... um, goes over to the window and she's like watching him walk around outside and which he does a lot of he does yeah most of the movie really it's just him walking around the perimeter of the house um she opens up the stupid like um what are those jack-in-the-box i guess they're called like her window crank is that's all i can think of as she was doing she's like opening the window (laughs) And usually those things don't open the whole way. They, they're on a track and they stop. Uh, especially if it's like an attic window like that. They're usually, usually used for like ventilation, not, you know, a passageway. But <clears throat> whatever. So she opens it and she's able to get out and then she walks on her tin roof. Well, it was a loft, not an attic. It was full standing and she had furniture up there. I think it was designed to be a place, like a living room type situation. Her mezzanine. Um, yeah. <laughs> so she takes the flashlight. One of her only and probably best weapons and also, like, survival tool. And then throws it in the woods as hard as she can to distract him. And this is the point where I'm like, this guy is so fucking dumb. <laughs> like, because he goes to check it out. He looks dumb. Like. And PC logic. The, the light was just. Need something. <laughs> Laying on the ground. Like, why would he go look at it? If, whatever. It does, I don't know, maybe he was just doing it to, like, pretend to fall for her tricks just to make it worse for her. Because, to be fair, then the next thing he does is wait for her to come down and shoot her in the butt. Mm, That's true. So maybe he was just going away so that he could line it up and, like, give her a small sliver of hope to try to make her fall that much further. Um, But I don't, what the fuck was the point of that? Like... She throws the flashlight 30 feet into the woods, you know, gives it a real yeah. good chuck. He goes 30 feet into the woods to get it. She slowly creeps across the porch, slowly climbs down the lattice work, and then she was going to try to run away? Again. Like, I just don't... Why not just wait for him to go... Like, watch him do the same thing you've been doing multiple times. Watch him go to the opposite side of the house, then open that door and run. You'd have nearly as much time. 
And if you did it quietly, uh, he might not even hear you until you were 30 feet away. So I just, <laughs> I don't know that, that she was making some decisions that I was really on board with. And she was doing a lot of things that I was like, okay, like some of the things that I have problems with, I could account to like, um, shock, but like that decision was really deliberate and a really thought out plan. And I felt it was a really bad plan. Mm. Yep. Walking across that creaky gutter. I would not trust gutters to hold me. Granted, I'm, I've probably got like 120 pounds on her, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I've got at least double that much. I wouldn't even go on that roof to begin with. No, um, not on a tin fucking roof. <laughs> but yeah, he shoots her. Through the thigh. Yeah, she starts climbing down her, uh. Um, Lattice. Her Tuscan raider. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he shoots her in the glute leg. Now I I've never. So she climbs I've back up. I've never been shot in the glute with a crossbow before, but I've had cramps in my glute before, and I basically cannot walk, which I imagine is not as severe as being shot there, but. I would argue that her injury that she sustained would be much less debilitating than his. I thought you were going to say much less debilitating than a cramp in the butt cheek. I would, I would argue <laughs> that what she went through is nothing. Or diarrhea. Well, I've oh stubbed my, my toe before, and I'll tell you what. <laughs> also, at this point, I, I just feel like both of them would be... A really great couple if they could just set aside their differences. <laughs> fucking exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Like, just fucking exhausted and not able to do anything. Like, I don't know. But I mean, anyway. would be tired, but the adrenaline is the hell of a thing. It I'm is. sorry, Max, you were saying. Yeah, like a while ago. She was climbing down the lattice and got shot in the butt. I, yeah, and then she climbs back up and then looks over the edge to see what he's doing. And he shoots at her again, which she Major dodges. Style. And then he starts climbing up the thing because he doesn't know she's still there on the road. And he puts his crossbow up there so he can heft himself up there. (laughs) (laughs) And her, like, she pulls out the arrow before he gets up there. But instead of using that as a weapon, she just lightly punches him in the face when he gets up. Or laying back on your back and kicking him in the face. Like, well, she's just been shot through one leg, so maybe she doesn't feel like she can... I mean, if we're going to account a couple of things to, like, some of the, the worst decisions that she made to stress and uh, to shock, then we also have to consider adrenaline to be a factor. And, like, a kick laying down like that straight into an object is really fucking powerful. And you could mm. very easily crack someone's face, like, jaw, nose bone with a kick like that. And I, that would be my first thought would be lay down, wait until I see his face and kick him as hard as I fucking can and hope that he falls and cracks his head. But she just smacks him. Yep. And then steals his crossbow and then yep. runs into the house and he climbs up after her and she just barely gets the window shut before he gets there. And then he's like, ah, shucks. And because it's the like window. a script in a video game. Like, 
it's it's like any game that you've ever played where like the temple is crumbling around you after you've taken the power source that you need for whatever MacGuffin that you need to do and like you're running and like you can run as fast as you can you're dodging around stuff and then you get to the part that's supposed to be like a balance beam and the game forces you to move at one specific speed and it doesn't matter how far you push the d-pad forward you're not going to move any faster that's what this was like he's running after her and then he's like oh going across the gutter because for some reason he can't go any faster than that and that that's what gives her enough time to get in there and like close the window. So <clears throat> she gets back inside, she's hanging out upstairs, she's got the crossbow. And she's in the bathroom. Cause she goes in to check out her leg wound. No, she's trying to do it while he's watching her. In the upstairs. She's trying to like figure it out. No, she goes downstairs and she goes into the bathroom and cleans her wound. And then she's sitting on the bathroom floor trying to pull it back because he had to be, he, he got back down and he was on the first floor whenever he saw her through the window. But given the amount of trouble that she's having and how hard she has to pull on it, the draw weight on that must be pretty, pretty intense, which means when he shot her with it, it should have gone likely through her leg or at least a lot deeper. Didn't it? It sunk like two inches. Three inches? Mm. It didn't seem like it went that far to me. So when she pulled that back out, I was like, oh, I guess, like, I don't know. It must not have, like, I don't know, been a good hit or something. But it's pretty dead center. And then when she goes to pull the the, um, the drawstring, it's, but whatever. Um, but yeah, that's there's that point where she's on the floor and she's trying to draw it. And she it keeps snapping back and she's like, her fingers are getting bloody because she's trying yeah. so hard. And he's looking at her through the window and he's like, it's not so easy, is it? Like, no one ever fucking said it was easy, dude. Like, the fuck? Like, are you, you want people to be impressed with you because you can draw the bow on, or draw the string on a crossbow and then shoot people with it? Like, well, he has a need to be better than other people. Like, that's a whole part of this, like, most dangerous game inferior, shit that they've got going on. Some kind of inferiority complex. Um, yeah, I guess and, so. So at this point, John shows up mm. and he like goes to the door and he starts knocking and the dude hears him and he like goes and starts like, put your hands up, put your hands up. And he has the flashlight now because mm. she checked it into the woods and he starts pretending that he's a cop wearing a hoodie, jeans. Can we fast forward <laughs> to this? <laughs> Because this part went on for way so too long. So here's my thing about this scene that bothers me. So, <coughs> Jesus Christ. First of all, the him pretending to be this officer, he doesn't identify himself, he doesn't give a badge number, and he doesn't give any kind of locational information other than the, the address. He doesn't say, like, you know... Oh, when he's on the phone. Yeah, you said skip through. I assume that you guys will keep up with me. My mistake. I, well, because I thought you were talking about whenever he first approaches John, and I was like, he does say that he's with the police, and cops don't usually start off with their badge number. When he, sarcastic air quotes, calls in to the, you know, the sheriff's station, which he says is a sheriff's deputy, he doesn't give any information. So John likely should have realized, because at that point, John's not He started to. It wasn't until he saw her earring. That's what tipped him off, made him be like, wait a minute. And then, like, I feel like her fingers could have fallen out of his pocket. He'd be like, something's not right here. 
And then, like, he would have been like, I killed her. And he'd be like, well, hang on a minute. He seemed real sketched out by him asking to borrow his phone. Like, he, like he was, like, kind of, eerie? like, mm. It wasn't until he was on the phone and he saw that his arm was bleeding. Like, that's when he started being like, huh. No, I thought it was before that. You'll have to watch it again. I'm pretty sure I'm right. I'm right. Okay. I'm always right. Yeah. Well, John was about to whack him with a rock. And then Maddie... <sighs> Starts banging on the door like ah, 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 and distracts John, and then that's when the man yeah. stabs him in the neck. I was telling you, she is. The I was worst. just trying to egg you on. <laughs> I was giving you inspiration. Um, but like, so my problem with this is that I I maintain that John didn't think that anything was up by the fact that he he doesn't give his name, his badge number, any any identifying information. He could have been anyone pretending to be a cop calling into any station anywhere, and it wouldn't have made any difference. Like, the, the cop would have been like, who the fuck are you? Like, I'm not sending people out. Like, But anyway, so it's when he he puts his phone, he puts John's phone into his pocket, and then John's like, can I get that back? John, the, the man, pulls the phone out of his pocket, and that's when he drops one of Sarah's earrings down on the deck which is something he took from her earlier, which he's taking trophies. You see that throughout the movie. That's whenever John's like, wait a minute. And I don't know if he recognizes it as being her earring or he just notices that it's a female's earring. I don't know. Or that it's an earring in general, I guess. Um, but like, that's when he starts getting weird and he's like, something's not right. And then he concocts a story about there being a hidden key and a stone. So he's ready to hit him in the head. He's, he's got a stone in his hand. What the fuck was he waiting for? I like, don't know. What What was the point? Like, what was he, know. like, trying... Like, yeah, it's a little further. A little little, little further. Yeah, yeah. Like, just hit him. Just fucking hit Or throw it at him. Like, if you're ready to... If you're ready to actually kill him at that point, if you feel that, like, your life is in danger if you, if you want to, like, murder this person because of, at that point, weird circumstances, but maybe, like, you're getting, like, a weird feeling. I don't know. Like... I just felt like he was a little bit subdued for someone who was apparently ready to, I guess, kill this person. At the very least, incapacitate them with a rock. So, at this point, um, John gets him down onto the ground. Well, he he's like circling him and he's like, oh, like... Sorry for the cheap shot, dude, like, but I could have never taken you on, like, you're so fucking big. And, like, <laughs> just makes things weird. And he had made a comment earlier, too, he was like, oh, yeah, the guy that ran into me, he was big, like you, big jock dude. Like, and he clearly, time. like... Again, has that complex. Yeah. He just bull rushed <laughs> me and knocked me cold. And... So John gets him down onto the ground somehow. He pretends to be dead. Uh, and then with him being uh, whatever he is. Uh, sadist? No, like, what's the word I'm looking for? A narcissist doesn't think that someone might, you know, play dead in order to gain his, get uh, catch him off guard. And that's when he's like, he jumps up and knocks him to the ground and the the thing i kept thinking is he's got enough he's got enough sense to play dead he's got enough sense to knock him to the ground like 
I think if it were me, and obviously I can't say for sure what I would do in the situation, but I would like to believe that if I knew I was dying and I knew the person that did it to me was there and that they potentially hurt someone I cared about and could hurt somebody else who was still alive, I think I would have done everything I could to kill them. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I would have bashed their head into the rocks, grabbed another rock, hit them with, like, I know that he was probably trying to do what, whatever he could and try to strangle them, but, like, that seems like a really slow way to go about it. Yeah, I don't know. Dude was dying, though. Yeah, like, it was... He was bleeding out, yeah. <laughs> Stabbed in the jugular. He's the only one who actually succumbs realistically <clears throat> to a fatal, debilitating injury. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then we flash back to Maddie. She's inside. She starts losing her shit because she's like, you only have so much more time before you pass out. Your vision's getting blurry. You're cold and sweaty. Like, mom's, mom's spaghetti. spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> and you started that by saying you snaps back to her. I was like, right to him. <laughs> So she starts doing the thing that she had told Sarah about earlier, where she's playing out every possible scenario in her brain space. Yes, but only after we have the misdirect of her running out the door and getting tackled. And oh, yeah, that's death. right. She runs to the door and she looks like has this weird look on her face and runs out the door and he comes up behind her and tackles her and then beats her face in with a rock. And then she like comes back to it and she's like... Nope, can't do that. And then she like starts going through all the scenarios. I thought the whole time that that was playing out in her head, I thought she was standing there holding the door open like three feet and just like thinking about what she was going to do, like processing this in her head. And he was like, the fuck? What happened to you, lady? Because <laughs> the way that it pans to her, like she has her hand on the doorknob and it kind of looked like she had the door open, like yeah. she stopped and was thinking about what she was going to do next. Um, <laughs> so she determines that she can't run. She uses her writer's brain, as her mom calls it, or something like that. And then mm-hmm, yeah, she mm-hmm. goes on about how she can't hide. Because if she goes somewhere to hide, it might take too long for him to find her and she'd bleed out anyway. Um, and she can't wait because of basically the same reason. So, like, can't run, can't hide, can't wait. Those are her three things. So she comes to the conclusion that the only thing that she can do is kill him. So she devises a plan. Um, she apparently eventually got the crossbow loaded. Apparently. Um, and she knew that she only had one shot to get that right. And so she... <laughs> it's her moment. <laughs> couldn't miss that chance Mm -hmm. but she um (laughs) sorry i don't was the cat part of her plan or was that just an added bonus i don't i don't oh yeah fucking mike flanagan this was like his soft open for killing cats like because he didn't actually do it and then he goes on to haunting of hill house and he just murders a whole fucking litter and then he moves on to Midnight Mass and he just kills an entire population of them. Like. Oh, that's right. There was like a yeah. thousand of the them. The next movie's just going to be an entire, like, Cuba sized island of cats that just gets obliterated by a nuclear <laughs> bomb. <laughs> well, I don't like cats. Like, well, it's just part of my story. I don't cats have are a the with cats. fucking best. <laughs> 
Um, Except for she Silky. She is like the cat version of the windsock that comes on cheap microphones. Really fluffy and just <laughs> nice to touch, but doesn't actually really do its job. What is her job again? I think the only reason I really like Sookie is because she's, she's the most efficient the hunter out of the three of them, though, too. Like, if there is a bug in this house, <laughs> she is the one that's going to kill it. And then Calcifer swoops in like a giant fucking dick nose and eats it, even though it was her kill. I get so mad about it. <laughs> so tapier. So anyway, um, she's having this conversation with herself in her head. She then devises another plan? I don't know if it was a plan. I, I, I don't know what the plan was, to be completely honest. I think she just was devising, devising this plan. Device. Looked out the window, saw that he was holding the cat, and was like, fuck you! Yeah. And shot him. And shot him. <laughs> See, this is why we need to watch Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Because <laughs> Dale, I think, I think it's Dale. He has a nail gun trying to fight off the crazy college kid, mm-hmm. and the college kid has his dog. <laughs> I forget his name, but he's like, "If you don't drop the nail gun and come out here, I'm going to shoot your dog." And he's like, "If you shoot my dog, I'm, I'm going to be really mad." <laughs> I swear I'm going to be really These mad. college kids are in one of them suicide cults. <laughs> uh, all right. So. She shoots him in like the shoulder area with a crossbow bolt. And he kind of does the Peter Griffin <sighs> thing. Yeah, but it doesn't <laughs> yeah. really slow him down. And he pulls it out almost immediately. And then she's able to get the door closed. Almost get the door closed. And he catches her wrist in the door. Yeah. And then stomps her hand. And then she eventually gets the door closed and he snaps the crossbow bolt because that's well, I mean, showing her. He has a dead arm. He can't pull that crossbow back anymore. He Why can't is it dead it. now? Like, I mean, it always was. It just, like, it extra matters with pulling back across I guess. I don't know. I just thought that was a weird touch for him to be like, see, I broke your crossbow. Oh, wait. It, it was shit. <laughs> there was only one of two that I had. <laughs> um, but yeah, her hand gets fucked up. Well, also, when she's uh, stops being scared horror writer Maddie and becomes like Sam What's-His-Face from Splinter Cell, um, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, crossbow it's a long range weapon useless at close range that is not fucking true <laughs> I, I i don't think crossbows have a muzzle <laughs> as such like a gun yeah. does but if you put the quote muzzle of a crossbow on somebody's chest as they're charging you and pull the trigger guess what it's still gonna fucking work i don't know maybe it won't get quite up to speed as it would but yeah. i mean it's still going through i don't know the like... ballistics of a, a, an item like that but yeah i mean whether you're two feet away or you're 30 feet away i'm pretty sure it's going to be fatal <laughs> if you hit the right spot no matter what it, it just you know maybe won't accelerate as much as it would but say it had an 80 pound pool on it <laughs> even at zero range that's still deadly yeah so, so yeah i had a problem with that line too, which is like useless at close range. Like, yes, but hitting a target that's close to you is actually a lot easier than hitting a target that's further away. And you've already shown you can't reload it fast enough to hit him again, even if he's 30 feet away. 
So no. what's your point exactly? Like, the crossbow sounds useless no matter what. Except for that one shot. Except for that one shot. Yeah. Which wasn't fatal. So he crushes her hand. Real bad, like. And then she grabs the knife again and runs up to her bathroom. And shuts herself in there, sitting in front of the tub. And she's, like, barricaded herself in. And she's, like, waiting for him to come in. And she's starting to pass out. Mm. And all of a sudden you see breaking glass falling behind her. Because apparently her bathroom needs three windows, including one that's, like, directly in front of the shower. <sighs> yep. It was over the tub. It was a skylight. It was a cloth. It was a cloth. Oh. Tub. Um, it was a skylight? But th- the bathroom wasn't upstairs. It was downstairs, and the loft was upstairs. I don't know. I thought she. <laughs> I, I don't think. I, I didn't think it was a skylight. I thought it was a. <clears throat> uh, a uh, what's that called? Uh, octagon shaped window in the wall. Like a decorative. Like a portal window. It was barely big enough for someone to fit through, though, so that was. Failing to break through the door, the killer opts to crash through the bathroom skylight. No, there you go. But yeah, he does try to break through the door and finds that it's pretty tough stuff, I guess. Mylar, perhaps. But this is, like, my argument is that, again, she is, like, tuned to vibrations to the point that she can feel the vibrations that are coming through the air from the sound the fire alarm is making. But she doesn't feel... In a claw-footed metal bathtub that she has her back up against, she doesn't feel the pitter-patter of glass falling into it. Or his 175-pound body falling into it. (laughs) Or the sound that, like, would be reverberating through that tub with him talking in the tub while he's like, oh, Maddie, whatever the fuck he says. (laughs) It's come to this. And And then he... I. His pompous fucking self. I have the same problem with this as I do with um, Resident Evil uh, Infinite Darkness. I think it's called something like that. Okay. Um, but, like, the the bad thing in Resident Evil Infinite whatever, like, has Leon Kennedy by the throat. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then lets him go. And Leon ends up killing him. <laughs> right. And it's like, well, he could have killed Leon right then and there. Like, a simple squeeze of his hand. But he didn't. And, like, so he's behind her, and instead of doing the thing, um, <laughs> you know, he decides to give himself a soliloquy. I mean, that's the narcissist in him. That's the, like, he's a, so fucking smart and strong that, like, he's got her right here, and she has no idea, and it's, like, a part of the game for him. Like, I guess, but he's also like really frustrated and annoyed at this point because he's bleeding and like she's hurt him more than any of his other previous prey has. I, I don't know, maybe that's making him more excited, but yeah, it is a little weird that he waits. I'm also annoyed, like, this is gonna sound really stupid <laughs> because I, I don't know what I would do in that situation. But instead of just taking the knife that she's already holding in the perfect position and reaching it over her head and stabbing him in the face, she turns around, takes the time to turn around to, and flips the knife in the other direction so that she can stab him in the arm. <laughs> yeah. Instead of... Yeah, like, like, the whole her turning just as he's stabbing for... 
he was already kind of stabbing for her shoulder because there's no way that he was stabbing for her neck and her turning would have made him hit her shoulder like yeah. that. So he was already off the mark, whatever. Um, but like her turning and like him stabbing like that felt like a very weird ex machina type thing. Like it just, I don't know. It didn't. Again, Matrixy. <laughs> I didn't like it. I'm not and watching the new Matrix the fact... movie either, by the way. Uh, it's, it's, I don't even want to talk about What's it. What's not? Um, I mean, I know it's going to be bad. I mean,. <laughs> Oh my god, shut up already. <laughs> but she already had the knife in her hand. Like, why not just, like, spin and just slash? Like, yeah. just fucking slash. Like, she does this, like, over-the-top fucking uh, John Wick style. Like, flips the knife around and, like, stab. Let's talk about and Keanu she Reeves. The knee. <laughs> I she love does this... Keanu Reeves. What's that? <laughs> she does this... I love Keanu You know, Reeves. he said something once that he's... He said himself that he's not a very good actor. No, but he also doesn't take himself super seriously, and I like that about well, him. Well, I'm inclined to agree with him. <laughs> I think that... Like, he has one he's... emotional range, and that's it, so... It's Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think that he's a very nice person. Fine, so she does this Ted Danson-style, like, knife flippy <laughs> thing, and stabs him in the knee, and he's... he's like, Ow! <laughs> he does... <laughs> Oh, that really hurt. Again, like, that would be an incredibly painful injury that would hurt so fucking bad. Oh my god. And it was in the opposite arm this time. It was a knee. It was, oh, it was his knee. knee. That's it was right. His it was knee. a knee. It would hurt so bad. That was like a six inch knife, and at least three inches of it are in his kneecap now. <laughs> so instead of staying there and continuing to fight him, she loses even more blood and runs out to oh we skipped a part um there was one part where she was standing inside and he was still outside and um she didn't have her lipstick anymore but she dipped her finger in the blood from her leg wound Mm. and wrote kill me and then whenever he didn't come in right away she wrote coward on the window because that was super cool um and which i mean it it upset him enough like he told her that he wouldn't kill her until she begged for it so i guess that was her way of making it happen but then he said that he was just waiting for her to lose enough blood to go in and kill her he didn't even say that she had to beg to die he said that he would come in and kill her when she wished for death Mm. like like it wasn't even like like he just had to perceive that she was over existing um i'm over existing (laughs) sir Did you say over-existing? Um, I think yes. I'm over-existing. <laughs> you mean like you've reached the point of existence and now you're going over a little yeah, bit Yeah, like much? I'm just, like I'm using up to... air that other people could have, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> he's reached the maximum point of existing and now he's increasing his existence. Uh, Alright, so anyway. <sighs> she so hobbles, out. she hobbles her happy ass out to the kitchen and sits down on the floor next to the shit that she dumped onto the floor earlier while she was looking for the hammer that she somehow magically never tripped over, even though she went next to it like a million times. <laughs> and is laying there and like looking half dead. And he comes out and he like looks at her and like looks all cocky and shit. And then she like smirks at him and then she sprays him in the face with bug mm-hmm. killer. Hornet spray. And um, what is it again, babe? What 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 kind of bug spray was it? Specifically, I think it's a, some kind of yellow jacket spray, <laughs> which also works on 
anything else. So yes, <laughs> intruders yes. apparently. I okay. Again, this is going to be one of those. I don't know what this says about me, but um, there was one summer where my house was like completely fucking infested with wolf spiders. <laughs> you say wolves? Wolves. <laughs> like that sounds like the opposite of a problem. A mother wolf spider laid her eggs on our back door and then like they just kept getting into the house and so one day I was fucking sick of it and so I emptied a can of wasp spray onto that spider and her nest because I was so fucking tired of waking up and like looking over to my right and just seeing giant ass baby spiders I um it's okay uh I don't have that well i get wolf spiders in my room sometimes but uh <clears throat> i mean they are they're not really harmful to people um they're not but, but I, I i don't want them in here um that's my thing like i'm cool to let like spiders and snakes and shit exist outside yes. <laughs> but if they come in here we're going to have problems like, like i i have my house, like, I've staked this claim. Like, this is where I'm making my life. You know, and a hornet will be like, well, hey, look at this house. We're going to stake our claim and make our life here. And it's like, well, no, yeah. you're not. Um, <laughs> I know yeah. you don't understand that. They they can't understand that. And, like, they will think I am an intruder in my own house. But still, like, I, I they don't need to yeah. be here. They can go. There, there's trees. I own this yes. property. <laughs> and like that's what they think right. when they do that. They're like, "We own this now." No, you fucking don't. Like, <laughs> man, this can have something to say about that. There's a million trees around here. Go find one of those. Yeah. Now I won't kill honeybees. No, I will try to relocate relo- honeybees or bumblebees. Bumblebees are fucking adorable. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we are so far off track really right can't now. Do anything um. If, all right. If this so... helps you, Kitty, um, the man, uh, John. Uh, Gallagher Jr. He is the exact same height as I am. Yes. So, uh, He's the exact same height as I am. <laughs> so she sprays him in the face with uh, a can of indeterminate origin. Um, and he stumbles backwards. And then she also puts in the fire alarm, which seems to hurt him really bad for a few seconds. And then he forgets. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then he starts strangling her. And she almost dies. Decides to cork him. Cork yeah, she him. grabs a corkscrew and puts it through his. Um, what are the arteries in front? Carotid, Carotid arteries. Yep. And then she dials nine one one. Carotid brachial. And I'm not entirely sure. I'm assuming because she she blinded and deafened him with the fire alarm and it was still going off on the floor. So, like, after she blinded him with the wasp spray. (laughs) (laughs) Double blind. Um, And so (laughs) she... Leaves that going off and then calls 911. So I'm assuming that because they heard the, the alarm. Because, like, she's not only deaf, but her the meningitis that she had rendered her mute as well. Like, it apparently destroyed her vocal cords. Seems like a, it's a, it's a bacterial, 
a bacterial yeah, infection. Yeah, streptococcal right? meningitis. meningitis. Yeah. Okay. Um, so my thing is, and Kitty and I had a conversation about this. I know we try not to talk about the movies we watched until we run the podcast, but we, we still did have this quick conversation. And I'd like to get your opinion, Max. So do you think that there was like some implied amount of time in between her calling the police and going out to sit on her porch? Cause I felt like it was supposed to be in more or less real time. And I feel like the police arrived within five minutes of her making that call, which makes me think that there were multiple police officers really close to her house or potentially the sheriff's station really close to her house. Um, I don't know. They did get there very quick. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of got the impression that there was a bit of a time lapse. Like, she laid there for a little bit, like, 10, 15 minutes before she got up and went out front. Oh, okay. But I, um... My brain just completely was like... I am my brain. I am my brain. Um... (laughs) What was I gonna say? Oh, if I were her, I probably would have just fucking laid there. Like... I, I wouldn't have bothered getting up. I probably would have just, like, laid on the floor and waited for them because, like... I don't know if I wouldn't, wouldn't be that close to the, the subject of my torment for the past three or four hours. But I do think that I probably would have made sure he was dead. Uh, I think I probably would have, with the amount of damage that he shrugged off throughout the night, I probably would have taken some time to ensure that he had been fatally murdered. <laughs> Alright, so, Vic, it was your pick, so what was your favorite part of the movie? Um, my favorite part of the movie was the fact that they really did try to make this feel like the character was, or or that the actress portraying the character really was death. Like, it was a believable portrayal, and I feel like they did a pretty good job of it. Um, and I appreciate the uh, the amount of effort they put into it. Kitty, what's your favorite part um, of the movie? I sound really stupid, but I think that my favorite part of the movie was actually the tie-ins to Midnight Mass. It's <laughs> <laughs> just fun. It's fun because mm-hmm. she was actively writing about her character from Midnight Mass, which I thought was really funny. Maybe he knew that that's what he wanted to do. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe that was like contingent on them dating. She also had Stephen King books in her house, which I appreciated. (laughs) He likes to do little things to tie in from... I didn't see which book it was. I didn't see if it was Dr. Sleep or Gordon's Game or whatever it's called. I think it's Gerald's Game. (laughs) Grover's Game. (laughs) Alright. Max, what was your favorite? Um... I I just thought oh uh, the claw hammer probably. Um, <laughs> just it could have just laid there and it would have been your yep. favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> Most valued after the movie. I mean, it's a very serious weapon, and if I'm not mistaken, it's one weapon you can get away with carrying on your body, with no licenses or anything, because it's technically a tool. <laughs> I think you yeah. just may have inspired a whole new generation of. I, I think they already exist. <laughs> There are a lot of states that are open carry states. Like, you don't have to have a permit to well, carry. Well, no, but, I mean, <laughs> I guess a cop can't arrest you for having a claw hammer on you. Um, yes. I've heard Go some biker gangs carry those because they, you know, it's it's a tool. Like, you, 
Even oh. if you have a felony, they can't yeah. arrest you for carrying. I mean, if you have a felony, you can buy black powder weapons, firearms, or get a bow and arrow or a crossbow. <laughs> As it yeah. turns out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just, and watching Legend with Tom Hardy, uh, there was a, a bar fight where one of the brothers uses two claw hammers as his weapon, and I'm like, oh my god, like, that's a devastating weapon. Mm. Alright, um, Vic, what was your least favorite part? Uh, my least favorite part was that they kind of flip-flopped a little bit on how keyed in her senses were especially during the part where Sarah dies. It just didn't feel believable to me that she wouldn't have seen anything. Okay. Um, my least favorite part is, despite how good of a job she did, and despite the fact that I love her, the fact that they picked a non-deaf actress to portray a deaf role. Like, oh, that's a good point. There's no reason not to pick somebody with the, like, disability that you're trying to portray like that bothers you does it in my opinion hmm. it does hmm. max is least favorite part um uh the part where john shows up um <laughs> it went on for a long time i thought way too long also I feel that about almost every role that I see Michael Trugo in. Like, <laughs> almost every single role. And it's normally, like, in this movie he was fine, but in most roles that he plays, TV shows, whatever, like, he normally plays a douchebag. Who was like, he in Midnight Mass? That's generally his role. He was the mayor! Uh, I don't... The father of the little girl who got Spoiler shot? Spoiler alert! Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert for Midnight Mass. I mean, the fact that she had been shot and paralyzed is in the first episode. I mean, I guess, but we don't know that's why she got paralyzed. We just know she is paralyzed. Okay. Uh, well. It's fine. He's Mr. Mustache Mayor. <laughs> Do you know who I'm uh, talking I, about? Yeah, vaguely. I'll have to watch it again. I much preferred his character in this movie than in Midnight Mass. <laughs> He's a douche in Midnight Mass. He's a douche in everything. Lots of people are douches in Midnight Mass. Max, what's your least favorite part? Wait, what was your least favorite the, part? The, when yeah. he showed up. That was what we were talking that about. That was your, that was, just that was, was it that it lasted too long or would you prefer to not have um, it at all? I, I don't know. I don't think it added anything to the movie. Like, Not really. I guess just on the level of like, oh no. This, a lot of this movie did feel a little padded to me. Like a lot of things happen over and over again and... I feel like this would have been a really creepy short to be like maybe 40 minutes or even, you know, maybe 30, 35 minutes. But like making this into a full length movie, it wasn't too, it wasn't bad, but there were some times where I felt like, okay, like this isn't really adding anything to this movie. This isn't really like making this better for me. Like it was one of those times where I felt like the movie could have been a good bit shorter. It wouldn't have really lost much. No, like it, they could have just had him wander around out front and then pick up the cat and then she shoots him with the crossbow. Like that's it. it yeah. Um. All right, Vic, what was your the scariest part for you? Scariest part would have been um, Sarah pounding on the door, trying to get her friend to notice her and realizing that like you can't like she, she can't hear you. She can't like 
as ridiculous as I think that scene is, from her perspective, it would have been terrifying. Yeah, I honestly, this is the first one of our movies that I've watched in a while, like, where I actually felt scared during parts of it. Which is weird because, like, normally I need ghosty movies to do that. But, like, I was, like, anxious this entire movie. I was actually, like, I remembered feeling that way throughout the first time we watched it. And, like, I would blocked so much of it out of my memory that, like, watching it again, it didn't matter that I had already seen it once. And I was so fucking anxious the whole time. (laughs) The whole time. And I, I was so mad that you picked it last week. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons why I won't watch Gerald's Game, why I haven't watched Gerald's Game, because I feel like that's a movie that's going to make me feel just anxious the whole time. Um, it's similar in a lot of ways to this movie, in the sense that I think it could have been a little bit shorter. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. Anyway, oh, Max, excuse me. Uh, oh. Hmm. Probably searching for a cell phone on your dead friend. Mm. Yeah. Um, all right. What is your overall rating for the movie, Vic? My overall rating for the movie, um, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. I really enjoy the movie. I like it. There are some things that bring it down, and I do think that it's a little longer than it needs to be. I'm going to give it a 4. Out of 10? Mm-hmm. Wow. What did you give it, Victor? Seven out of ten. Kitty's giving it a four. Um, You know, um, just like before I wake, I think I watched this movie before I knew, like... That it was my plan. Yeah. Um, So going off of my initial perception of it, I think I will give it an eight out of ten. Um, cause I really liked it the first time I watched it. And I think that was way before we started doing all this. Uh, and it, it might've been yeah. after I watched the haunting of Hill house and I was like, Oh, Hey, it's that, it's that lady. But like, that was as far as I got, you know, like, yeah. Well, I mean, you probably, this came out three years before haunting of Hill house. So you probably watched it. Oh uh, yeah. I must out. have. Your horror appetite. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the reasons why we started this podcast, because you were telling us how, like, you had basically consumed every horror movie that was on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I have. Including all Um, the shitty ones. All right, Vic, what was, what is your horror rating? Uh, This movie doesn't really scare me much, so I'm going to give it a 3 out of 10. I think that there are things that are scary about it, but I definitely have to, like, put myself in those characters' shoes to feel creeped out it's just not that kind of movie for me um i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten for scariness because it's the type of movie that like just puts me on edge the entire time clearly but that's part of the reason why i rated it so low on my overall rating because so you rated it low because it's good at making you feel uncomfortable it Like, I have an anxiety disorder, and, like, I like scary movies that, like, scare me periodically throughout them. 
I don't like to be like at that heightened sense of anxiety throughout the entire course of the movie. Like it just stresses me out and like makes me super uncomfortable and gives me heart palpitations and chest pains and I need to take a Xanax. So (laughs) like, (laughs) okay. Um, Max, horror rating. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a five out of 10. Um, it, yeah, it just didn't have a lot of horror, I felt. Yeah. Um, more like, like survival, uh, like survival action. Sub action. Yeah. yeah, some, some horrific things happen, but they're not, it doesn't quite make me feel the same way as a horror movie was. Mm. So I kind of get yeah. what you mean. That's. Like, I struggle a lot of times with thriller movies because they do make me, like, they put me in that heightened state of anxiety throughout them. Like, the movie Seven, like, anxious as fuck the whole time. And, like, I don't know. Like, that's a (laughs) That's a good movie. (laughs) But, like, I don't know that I'll ever watch it again because it made me so anxious throughout the whole thing. But... Anyway, I digress. Max, where would you have died? Yes. Uh, oh, boy. That's a good question. I probably would have fallen off the roof. Um, tin roofs, especially out in the woods, like there's probably like moss growing on it. Or um, what's the other thing? Algae? Like yeah, a... like like green like sludge that forms on it. Yeah, like I would have taken a step out and like gotten out of the window and then just slipped off the roof. Oh, like pollen, pollen on a tin roof is awful. Yeah. awful. <laughs> or a banana peel. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, that brings us to what are we watching next week? Well, next? speaking of casting people in a deaf role who are not deaf, um, I don't know how much you know about Kiernan Shipka. Nothing. Nothing. All right. Um, not a goddamn thing. <laughs> I, I was going through a bunch of different things, um, and so you know how uh, Bird Box was like Netflix's response to uh, A Quiet Place, mm-hmm. and it just it just didn't go. <laughs> um, I, of, I felt yeah. like it was a bad movie. Well, like Netflix decided to try again and just do like really a complete ripoff of A Quiet Place, um, but I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, it's the fucking worst. Are you talking about the wow? What's it called? The one with the flying yeah. creatures. Okay, I all I remember about that is the squealing sound that they use for her perspective. <laughs> we made it fifteen minutes into the movie and we had to stop because that high pitched tea kettle noise that they use for deaf people and people who have just experienced an explosion in shows is the most irritating sound on the face of the fucking planet. <laughs> That's why I couldn't watch Insidious because the whole first 20 minutes of that movie was just like squealing fire alarms and mm-hmm. everything else. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to do the silence. The, the silence. Ugh. Yeah, I do remember. Uh... <laughs> I do remember being like, Bird Box is like the opposite of, and they're like, the silence! And I was like, that's just the same thing. <laughs> it is It is a almost complete rip-off <laughs> of A Quiet yeah. Place, but... I like to call this one Old Greg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but there there was parts of it that I really did enjoy, and it has some actors that I I do like. So yeah, um, uh, oh shit, I, I knew his name. Um, the main guy from it, I like him. I uh, Stanley Tucci. I was Tucci. Tucci, that's the one. I was actually really excited about that movie until we started watching it, and I wanted to rip my ears they off. They don't my play head. that sound very often, so especially later on in the movie. Okay. okay, well, I'll trust you on that, but it was, like, legitimately the entire first 15 minutes of the movie is that <laughs> well, nice. We'll have remote on hand, and we'll turn it down in those parts. So yeah. That's Why don't we just mute the movie and watch it as if we were Because then you'll be distracted. Immediately. That's why uh, Mike Flanagan did not film uh, Hush All Silent. Because he was worried that viewers would just get distracted by everything else and find stimulus elsewhere. Okay. So, I mean, to be fair, about thirty percent of the movies that we watch, you're looking at your phone, and if it had subtitles only with no sound, then you would have no idea what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> and me, who gets invested in movies really easily, having someone go, "What's that? What? Why, why are they doing that? What's that person doing? Why are they doing? Where did they come from?" And I'm like, "Fuck off!" I don't do that that often. <laughs> In this situation, it would be constant. Because <laughs> you'd look up and be like, oh, what happened to that guy? I only do that for shows like uh, The Book of Boba Fett and shit like that, <sighs> where like you've continued watching without me, and so I've missed significant chunks of it, and then I'm like, but what happened to this character? But here's the thing, important? though. I skipped ahead, so <laughs> we were in the same boat. Yeah, The Silence uh... is basically a complete ripoff of A Quiet Place and also um, Reign of Fire a little bit. <laughs> And a, oh yeah, yeah. I never saw that movie. That's, oh wait, let's, is that a horror movie? No, no. come it's on. Action adventure, fantasy. Uh, oh, action adventure. Damn it. Oh, Gerard Butler is in that. Did you see the text that I sent yeah. you? <laughs> yes. He looks so fucking different, he does, doesn't he? A lot. Yes, he was the shot girl's adoptive parents parent. Yes. Well, no, that not adoptive. No. Uh, his wife oh, is right, black. Right, right, That's... All right. Well, uh... ah, well, thank you all for joining us for our uh, two hour and twenty minute. Probably going to be cut down. Um, there was at least five minutes of that where Max was going to the bathroom. Oh, there's at least two hours of that that cut out. <laughs> um, our conversation about um, on the movie Hush, which. Surprisingly, Kitty rated really low for overall, but really high for horror. And I rated really high overall, but really low for horror. Mm. And Max was pretty generous, which always surprises me, but it's not a new thing. (laughs) (laughs) You're always so critical about movies when we talk about them, but then you rate them and then you're like, okay, actually, yeah. (laughs) I fucking hated this. It was fucking stupid. Nine out of ten bullshit. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I am a complicated individual, okay? I have you very are. complicated reasons for why I do things and <laughs> for who I am. So, <laughs> all right. And that's why we love you. Well, well, I'm done with this. So, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. Find us at houseofhorrorpod at gmail.com. Bye. And, uh, listen to us and write us some stuff. Bye. 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 Bye.